This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Warning, this episode contains some swear words. And goon of fortune. R.O.P. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie, hello. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Yes, yeah, so good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to learn about laundry and I'm ready for a good time. Cool. <laughs> Maddie is still in Longreach. Um, so time if there's travel. Funky sounds, then that is, that is what that is. Look. Full disclosure, I'm sitting on the ground in a hallway between a bar fridge and basically a toilet and I have a cardboard box which my laptop is on because this is the this is what God has handed me and I'm making it work. <laughs> Where um, else but Queensland? Where as else? they say. Where else but the lovely Longreach. And yes, I am in Longreach. So yes, I will be doing some scouting for a future Qantas episode. Get ready. That's very exciting. Um, yep. But today, today, um, I'm going to tell you all about the Heels Hoist. Potentially a more impressive form of travel than planes. <laughs> <laughs> the travel within which uh, our laundry undertakes when it is on a Heels Hoist, baby. Uh, and if... For our international listeners, um, oh, yeah. if you don't have a heels hoist, um, or you maybe it's like a, it's a clothes line, but it's the one that's like a big pole, and it's got you know arms that go out, and like the line is around it, and you can spin, you can go up and down. So it's a rotary yeah. clothes line, which means it, it can rotate. You're really missing out. Like mm. you're just missing out. I'm sorry. But. I feel like most people have probably seen them. Like if you've got an apartment, you don't have one. I don't have one. At the moment, um, our our clothesline is like attached to the wall of our house. You know, it's one of those. I have one. I'm a proud mm. owner. Well, renter. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a mortgage uh, down payment big enough for a heels hoist. <laughs> but yeah, they do the job. So essentially, the design for like rotary rotating clotheslines as an idea like they definitely appeared overseas in like the late 1800s like there's a bunch of different like patents patents I'm never sure how that do you say patent or patent I said patent all right but I don't care (laughs) (laughs) all right there are many different patents for it in like America and Britain but not all of those were necessarily manufactured um but one like early patent is from the 1850s so it's like an iconically Australian thing but like people kind of lots of people had a similar idea Um, but until the 19th century people hung their laundries on bushes to dry what else what other options did they have you know like a nice like a scented plant would work well like if you've got like a nice flowering bush (laughs) that's private (laughs) 
But string was a hot commodity back then, mm. you know. Yeah, like, we were just used to like whack it oh. on the whatever trees they had handy um, or like a single line between posts or like across the street. Some people, you know, still do that. Yeah. Um, but the idea of like the rotary line is that it works in a small space. Um, you can get more more clothesline. And so the early early models, some had like a hinge to tilt it towards you. Like they were pretty tall. Like they didn't wind down. It was like a big thing that you could move. But uh, they, were, they were quite awkward. They were heavy metal. Awkward. Yeah, and like dangerous to your fingers because like it was a complicated mechanism. Metal teeth. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, were the, where were the teeth? Um, you know, like because it's the things they kind of could be folded down or to be moved up and down. There was like the mechanisms I think were yeah. you, you, they were kind of exposed. Spooky. But they were kind of industrial looking. So a young man named Gilbert Toyne. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. he... Gilbert is was a he was a twenty three year old blacksmith from Geelong, in Victoria, um, and with his excellently named friend Lambert Downey. So we've got Gilbert and Lambert, Twain and Downey. Mm, Gilbert and Lambert. They could have both gone by Bert. We don't know, but oh. so <laughs> Gilbert and Lambert. The bl- I have they were both blacksmiths. They were both blacksmiths. Yeah. They debuted the aeroplane clothes hoist, that's what they called it, at the Melbourne Royal Agricultural Show in 1911. And they chose mm-hmm. the word aeroplane to sound like high tech and cutting edge because, like, the Wright brothers had only done their first powered flight eight mm-hmm. years earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to. It was on, sound, it was on trend. Yeah, to sound techie. As um, everything you just said is the most Geelong thing that Geelong has ever Geelonged. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's just like, of course, this came from Geelong. <laughs> I've uh, never been to Geelong. So well, when you go one day, you will be like, mm, yes, the hills hoist. This is where, this is where it was born. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Gilbert and Lambert, their design – was a metal frame on a timber post with a ratchet mechanism and like a counterweight sort of thing. So it's a bit like complicated, but it was marketed as being space saving, like economic and healthy. Like it has a little, you you know, you install it with a little paved area. Some of the ads said that like walking in wet grass could cause disease. Well, probably did back then, I imagine. Yeah. Just <laughs> so that's, looking you know, at slightly... something wet gave you pneumonia. <laughs> So it's slightly dubious claim, but that's, you know, how they were marketing mm. it. Mm-hmm. And so Gilbert Toyne, he was sent to Europe in World War One, where he was gassed and, and shelled and he returned with PTSD and hearing loss. And while he was away, his wife had left him for his company manager, but mm. he remarried a nice lady named Myrtle and she encouraged him to restart the clothesline business. So by 1926, they'd like fixed the hoisting mechanism. Like they'd figured out how to enclose it within the post and use a handle Mm -hmm. so it's neater and like slicker looking and you're less likely to lose your fingers. 
it's what Which I want in a, yeah in anything yeah. in the home. <laughs> and it's all metal now. It's not no wood. And they yeah. had so by you know like the mid twenties they've got a, a quite a big range. So there's a smaller and cheaper one called the toy net, um, and it was three meters wide. Like and you couldn't raise it up and down. And then all the way up to like the big boy ones, which were like six meter diameter. What? Which is which is a big clothesline. I was going to say three meters is not small. Mm. Six meters, that's huge. According to Gilbert Toyne, three meters was small. Um, And 200 were being made each week by the late 1940s. Okay. And, yeah, young Gilbert was, you know, he was an inventor. Like he was kept like innovating and he even made like a hydraulic version which used a tap to go up and down. So you turn the tap. Water level would change and your thing, which is interesting. I don't know how popular it was, but a cool idea. And because he was a great inventor, but not so successful in business, bless him, Um, because he sold like the Victorian commercial rights in in 1929 because he was moving to Sydney. And he had a series of like personal tragedies, like three of their children died. And also the Great Depression is on. So one in three men were unemployed by 1932. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's on from 1930 to 1930, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The Great Depression. Limited time only. Yeah. So sales plummeted. And yeah, he ended up moving back to Melbourne, but he'd sold the rights to to like the name there, they dropped aeroplane. I think they were just called Toyn Rotary Hoists. So he had to use a different trade name and he landed on Quick Drying Revolving Clothesline Company, which That's is not particularly not catchy. quick to say. Quick drying, no, not quick speaking. No, Quick Drying Revolving Clothesline Company. Good. Yeah, great inventor, not so great the marketing. No. And so he was sent off to World War Two. So that's two world wars for him um, in 1939. Yeah. And in 1941, his patent for the hoisting mechanism lapsed. So a bunch of competitors enter the arena. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So after the Second World War, there are actually 17 different rotary clotheslines on the market in Australia. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he didn't update his patent so like other people can now use his technology so in 1945 lance hill which lance Mm. is short for lancelot if you were wondering Uh um so lance is from adelaide he also came back from the second world war imagine having the first name lancelot lancelot the last name hill I think his middle name was Leonard from my, if I remember, because I didn't write that down, Lancelot Leonard Hill. Oh, sorry. I took a sip of water as you said that and I nearly spat took all over <laughs> my computer. Well, we've had Gilbert and Lambert and Lancelot. Yeah, just normal names. Normal names. But so Lancelot, a.k.a. Lance, apparently his wife, Sherry, was annoyed by the current clothesline because it was between two posts and, you know, wasn't didn't have enough space and he was in the way of the lemon tree. 
Poor Sherry. Yeah, so fair. And so Lance was unemployed because, you know, the war had ended and what was he doing? Um, And I imagine (laughs) there's like that bit in Parks and Rec, if anyone watches that, where like Ben is unemployed and like depressed and Mm -hmm. yeah, he makes a board game, but he does like claymation. Mm -hmm. So this is where Lance is at. Um, So he made a compact little kind of rotary clothesline out of a metal tube and wire. Mm-hmm. Only Sherry was quite pleased, as were her friends and, and their neighbours thought it was as a good idea. As was the lemon tree, I'm sure. Yeah. So Lancelot then went into business with his brother-in-law, Harold Ling, which is the first normal name we've heard. Uh, Harold uh-huh. was also back from the war <laughs> and apparently Lance was the perfectionist, but Harold had pizzazz. So they were oh. a good, like, business team. So they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to mass produce. And their first batch of clotheslines was apparently made from metal tubing that they had, like, salvaged from this underwater frame thing that hung down from the Sydney Harbour Bridge to catch enemy submarines. That is no way I thought you were going. <laughs> 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 They're like, they just had it lying around. Mm. Um, okay. But, yeah, so in World War II there was something that hung down from the bridge to catch submarines. I don't know if they caught any. Don't know well, if anyone w- was have trying to. Yeah, there they- are, yeah, there's record of that. Mm. Thing. Yeah. But they, you know, they took the to whatever reverse garbage place existed at the time and they got all these metal tubes from that and so they simplified like Toyn's kind of handle system into a lever and the winding bit was they in cast aluminium so it's all kind of encased and it's a bit lighter and they also end up introducing a range of different metal items laundry trolleys kids swings but importantly a catchy name the hills hoist is born Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So that's exciting for them, less exciting for Gilbert. Poor man. But so post-World War II, like the 50s and 60s, suburbia is expanding and Mm. advertising Mm. is too. And, I mean, a good bit of, well, not not great, but a a bit of free advertising they did get was in Darwin in 1974 when Cyclone Tracy happened. Like there's one area was totally flattened except for a hill's hoist. It's a good photo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Harold Ling was the managing director of Hills Hoist Limited and really diversified. He was like with the advent of television, he's like people need antennas, so he started making TV antennas in the 50s and they were one of the largest makers of that, the Hills people, and did TV rental and repair. They made wheelbarrows, ironing boards, folding chairs, anything metal for your house pretty much. Right. Yeah, so they were quite busy at the time. Um, and the <laughs> the current Hills Home website describes the Hills Hoist as the original great Australian clothesline, the iconic Hills Hoist, which well, is not true. No, it's a lie. Mm. It was not the original. Um, and 
it's pretty Poor much, old, it's, mate. Yeah, it's the same as Gilbert's with like some adjustments and there were other people with similar ideas before Gilbert, but he was kind of the first to make and manufacture them. And I think there's there's some that are still around because they were really sturdy, like Hills Hoyce are as well. But Harold Ling passed away in 1966 at 59, Lancelot died in 1986 at 84 and Gilbert lived until 1983 at the ripe old age of 94. So, and he did keep selling his for until the seventies. Like he was still making his clothes lines, um, but had to, I think ended up having to buy parts from the Hills people. Yeah. So it's like this game was an, you know, an inventor without the business acumen or the, the catchy name. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's the history of the Hills Hoist. And I want mm-hmm. to talk about it a bit as an Australian piece of, you know, iconography, I guess. Because okay. <laughs> we've got time. Because it, it is something that, like, not everyone has, but they are very, very common. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very sturdy. They're fun to, like, swing on as a kid and I think early advertising actually did really kind of push all the different uses that you could mm-hmm. have for mm-hmm. a Hills Hoist, like put a did um, they advertise Guna Fortune. Um no, but I think another had... Australian invention. <laughs> <That>. <laughs> um they did advertise like swinging on it or like putting like a tent kind of over it like using it as a shade sail shade sail. But Maddie, would you like to describe Guna Fortune for our listeners? Well, yeah, it's like spin the bottle, but deeply Australian, and that it is a goon sack, which is another Australian invention, which is wine that is in a literal sack, like an aluminium foil sack that is in a box with a thing. And you yeah, because like, like cask wine, wine, that, that is out. an Australian invention. Yeah. But then you take it out of the box and you have a bloody wine sack and you attach that to your hill's hoist and then you yeet the hill's hoist and it spins around and around and people are standing around it in a circle and whoever it stops on, it's like um, spin the bottle, you have to drink. Like that's the thing. Like it stops at you and you drink it. Done. Guna Fortune. Mm, inspired by Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. The mm-hmm. game show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's did not... you ever play it? No. I don't but think like, I did either. Well, because I feel like it's a – I was a goody two-shoes in high school. We and then there. even like in uni and stuff, I just but don't I think just anyone think... had a clothesline. I was going to say, I don't think I was in a hills hoist um... – environment as much in my drinking years Mm. so you know the opportunity did not present itself yeah and I don't like drinking games because it's just like what so I just wait my turn like I would like to just drink my drink oh we played drinking we played a lot of king's cup yeah see that's what I think was the a thing and I didn't enjoy it well but I think guna fortune sounds a bit more fun you're yeah. outside. You know, and if you've got a like a really sturdy 
Hills Hoist and you're listening, like I recommend, and you know, if you've got, if you're a kid or if you've got kids, give it a go. Not Guna Fortune. The, give them a, give them a spin. <laughs> the swinging, swinging on the, on the clothesline. You're unlikely to break it because I think they actually have like a hundred kilo weight limit. The, the new ones when I looked at the website and they have a lifetime me. warranty. And if you are sitting at home and you have a shit ton of laundry to do and you have some spare time and you have Hills Hoist, just do your laundry <laughs> and enjoy your Hills Hoist. It's a personal attack, but I don't have a Hills Hoist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my laundry when I'm ready. Sorry, that didn't That's mean right. to be at you. <laughs> no. um, but yes, because it is one of those things that, like, when in with it was well timed for the the boom in suburbia, and they really yep. did market it as a you need this. This is for everyone. So it's that I guess the mythical Australian summer features yeah. a hill's hoist but like not everyone has one but from looking at advertising or movies or anything that's about australia you would you would kind of think that everyone has a hill's hoist well the in end. our hearts we do yeah. <laughs> 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 what's Sorry, happening I got, pins, I got pins and needles from sitting in the ground oh i oh. thought you'd encountered some sort of bug oh, or spider no, luckily this place is pretty well sealed. My place in Blackhall was not well sealed and I'm covered in midgy bones. Oh, that's a shame. That's okay. I saw an emu. I saw emus yesterday. Mm-hmm. I saw in- a domestic emu. That's what I was going to ask. Were they in the wild or are they a pet? Um, a bunch in the wild. And then I saw one who was not a pet. She was just living her suburban life and was walking down the main street of Bark Holden and was like like peering into a letterbox hmm. on the street. And I was like, hello, madam. And it was <laughs> the first one we had seen on the trip. It was the first. Even kangaroo, I haven't seen any kangaroos. I was like, this is the first fucking emu I've seen on the entire trip and she's just hanging out in the town Checking stealing the mail. mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's very exciting. Queensland. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on that note, my, my sources for this episode <laughs> were the ABC, the Powerhouse Museum, the South Australia History Hub, news.com.au, and the Hills Home website. All righty. Next week, Maddie will have returned from her tour of the middle of bloody nowhere, um, which means she'll be back at her good microphone to tell me all about former Queensland Premier Joe Bielka-Peterson. It's a big, scary one. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Australianorama or send us an email to australianorama at gmail.com. We love hearing from you.